Welcome to the Kinetic Picture, where we talk about the current releases and latest news in the Hollywood world. I am your host, Christian Gentolia, and with me are my colleagues, Dominic Toscano. Hello. Joseph Rosenberger. Welcome back. And Star Kai. Yo, yo, yo. So since this week has been kind of light on Hollywood news, I thought we should talk about what we value in movies. So let us begin. Why don't you start off? Uh, start us off, Christian. Me? Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> let's see. What do I value in movies? I think a big thing is like how much the movie creates an emotional response in me. Like, I think the easiest way to do that is to have a good a, a character that's like like honestly like when you break everything down like from shots to like everything from story whatever it's about the character for me like. So do you prefer like specifically when something really emotional happens? Like, do you just mean something sad? Or do you I don't think like, I need something like overly dramatic. I yeah. just need like something that brings emotion to you. Yeah. Like, okay. Like I think as long as like I I really care about seeing myself in the care or seeing something that I value the same okay. as a character. Like like with her, right? Like just wanting that relationship, even if it's like with an AI. The <laughs> fact that he has like it felt so real to me. Like, it felt like a relationship that I'd want. Not necessarily with an AI, but just, like, in a relationship where you feel, like, so happy with with somebody else, you know? That, okay. Yeah. So, can you categorize um, the feeling? Is it more? Is it mostly, like, between human to human? Uh, mostly, like, fear of something? Mostly... Um, I don't think it's necessarily human to human. It's just something, like, at the core of the story that I feel like matters a lot like like with blade like we talked about blade runner recently right i'm like i kept on harping on about him or roy grabbing deckard's hand like that act of humanity that really stuck with me because like this whole movie has been trying to tell me that replicants could be human too and that that one act i don't know why but that stuck with me because it felt like an actual human response like the whole movie was telling me that replicants could be human but that act showed me and made me feel like they could true and that made me feel very tragic about k in 2049 because i felt like or being led on as if you were the chosen one and then having that cut off from you oh man <laughs> like I, it hurt it, it sucks but then he he still goes out and does it. like he has no reason to save deckard but he still does it anyway that's like i feel like that's something that for me i want to I, I'd want to be like, like I'd strive for. I don't know if it's, I want a role model, but something that like the best version of me would do. So d would you say you prefer like really tense emotional situations? Tense? Or can it be like sort of lighthearted and like melancholy? Yeah, like, like r with romantic comedies, like I've watched Friends with Benefits like a while <laughs> back, right? Like, I mean, it's it's not a good movie. Like it's not the best movie in the world, but the fact that like, like Justin Timberlake and Mila Kunis had such good chemistry made it like oh, really? emotional for yeah i felt like they had really good emo like chemistry and like it made me feel an emotion with them like it doesn't have to be all dramatic it's <laughs> you know as long as it makes you feel something yeah then it did its i job. mean if it makes me feel disgust at least it, I, it's better than <laughs> any other movie where i'm just watching visuals in front of me and lights <laughs> flickering just with a blank mind yeah exactly a blank heart <laughs> Would you direct your liking a movie because it's uh, the the emotion, the feeling to it, 
direct to your personality or something you've experienced or something just uh you just prefer in a movie oh do you mean like if i was to direct a short or something no as in like are you asking like where where his interest in this originates yeah yeah Yeah, oh where did this comes from um did you see like a powerful movie when you were a young little christian (laughs) (laughs) i think honestly it started with star wars because like when I was like six or seven, right, I would ne- I wouldn't be able to leave the house on weekends because my mom would always work weekends and my dad never went anywhere. So what I would do is like every weekend I would get like ramen, right, and, <laughs> and I would cook ramen and eat it while I was watching the original trilogy. Really? Yeah. <laughs> every weekend. Every weekend because I had nothing else to do. So like I like that sense of adventure and like I feel like. I, I, I connected with Luke and like I would write stories where I would like rename like I would make a character right and instead of Luke I would call him Lark <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing yeah because like I mean I connected with some a character that somebody else made but I wanted to make a character that I could connect with that was like my own creation and, and Lark was that <laughs> so I think it started from there but like Dom and I were talking about this like a while back about how I watch so many of these like critically acclaimed movies and they don't really have an impact on me. What's an example? Like Arrival. Like Arrival was like... Well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else? I know you didn't was like Days a, of Heaven. Yeah, I didn't like Days of Heaven either. Was Arrival a uh, very emotional film at uh, all? I think well, it kind of was. I yeah, think it kind of was. Yeah. I mean, the girl, like the twist that... The twist in that movie was like so dumb. Well, yeah, it was. Well, <laughs> I thought it was set up really well, but like I just, I just think it was a dumb twist. Like <laughs> we said that Arrival was very emotional. So how can you differentiate oh, what's? I wasn't very, talking about emotion. I was just talking about like critically acclaimed in general. Oh, okay. okay. So you didn't think it was emotional enough? Really? No, I don't think like because of the character. Yeah, and like with Days of Heaven as well, like they felt more like, like I felt like, I guess this is just Terrence Malick in general, but I was just watching like stunning visuals. Like I didn't care about, like even, like even if you look the characters up on IMDb, the guy that the girl marries is called The Farmer. (laughs) He doesn't have a name. Like I can't even get a name out of this guy. How am I supposed to connect to him? I mean, I don't think names are too important. Yeah, I don't think, well, yeah, that's true. I interpreted Days of Heaven I like I interpret it as being really emotional myself, not because like the characters react in very like overt ways, like you never see anybody crying or like angry or anything, mm-hmm. but just like understanding the situation and the weird dynamic of their relationships with each other. Yeah, and like just taking it into co- the context of the time, you know, they were like poor farmhands like on like a farmer's Se- huge like they real were estate from the rest of the world, basically. Yeah, yeah like totally isolated. Like I just I just thought that was a really great mm-hmm. like character study. And I can appreciate that, but I guess it, it just didn't feel like there was anything I could hook on to. Cuz with the Godfather, right? With mm-hmm. Michael Corleone. He was like kind of thrust into it. It was like a sense of family obligation and I can under, I can I can relate to that. Right. I don't know if I don't know if I'm saying relate as No, I understand what you mean. The character should be a means for the viewer to be in yeah. that per- that character's situation. Yeah, I think, yeah. So if you can't, like, if there's a disconnect between the character and the viewer, which is almost always the case with a Terrence Malick film, mm-hmm. for example, because mm-hmm. Terrence Malick yeah. specializes in Very extremely unique, cinematography. weird characters. Like, I just 
watched Badlands last night, <laughs> and the characters are like nobody you will ever meet yeah. in your life. <laughs> which which isn't a bad thing. Like that's what Terrence Malick yeah, wants. Yeah, it's a great thing. Yeah, and it's a very unique film, a very very unique character study about the psyches mm-hmm. of these people and. I mean, I feel like personally I've met people that were like them. <laughs> Honestly, there's some weird people in the world. Yeah. Well, I mean, that that's... Maybe just yeah, because... Th- th- I'm not saying there people like that aren't out there, but they're like... Maybe it's just hard to find. Just through your own personal experience you not, have. Probably not hard to find, but just like unique. Right, yeah. yeah. I agree with that. I mean, uh, we've already talked about this plenty of times, but like Rebel Without a Cause, like... I mean, we've we've glo- we've like fawned over the fact that this guy's acting is amazing. It's great, Jim Stark. Like that staircase scene, that was something that <laughs> you have the build up right in the beginning of the movie where like he's just drunk and stuff. And like I thought that was like kind of funny. Like I mean, I'm not saying I would be like that if I were drunk, but like <laughs> you probably would be. Probably, but like, at least you could like relate to it. And it's like it's not anything that would harm you from liking the character. And then you have that staircase scene. And then you have him trying to comfort Plato. Like, I don't know. It's like, how can you hate the guy for making the best of any situation? Like, the whole reason he got into that staircase scene is because he wants his dad to, like, man up. And, of course, like, he has a warped view because he's a teenager during that time. So That's that's why I love Rebel Without a Cause and The Graduate. Because, like, all their actions are so, like, impulsive. Yeah. And, like, real misguided. Yeah. Like, they're what, what, like, a young teenager would actually decide on, you know? And, like, you look at all these, like, teenager movies now. Yeah, they're so late. (laughs) So they don't relate is what you're saying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if it's, like, relatable. It's not... They don't, like, channel the conflict of being a teenager, like, well. In an accurate way. Or, like, as intensely. But anyways... What what about characters that are, like, pretty unlikable, but you still connect with them? Like Deadpool? No, no. (laughs) I didn't connect with Deadpool. I did not connect with Deadpool. Did you? Did you? I mean, I thought it was hilarious, but like I'm talking more like. But did a, you like emotionally connect with Deadpool? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who 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 are you thinking of? Like, uh, specifically, Lewin Davis from Inside Lewin Davis. I never watched them. Oh, boo! <laughs> it's great. Don't don't boo Christian. Um, <laughs> or j- so just like an unlikable, a seemingly unlikable character, um, but like you know their origin. Mm-hmm. Or like their reasons for being unlikable, and with that you sympathize with them. Anakin Skywalker future. You instance. see, the reason why I felt so bad for Anakin was like I already knew what he was going to become, and I like and like that's I, the beauty of it. Though, yeah, just watching the slow love, descent. Like, God bless that's why George I love Lucas. The prequels. Yeah, I enjoy the prequels. Yeah, I mean, some things about them are, are bad, like the yeah. writing. But yeah, but I mean, like, but at the end of it, like, what he want? He George Lucas got what he wanted. Like, yeah, he felt. For Anakin's fall. The only thing that I can think of right now of an unlikable character is like Kevin Spacey in House of Cards. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, you I sympathize love, with him? I don't sympathize with him, but he's like, he's so compelling. Yeah, I feel nothing okay. for him, but he's just fascinating yeah, he's to watch. he's so fascinating to watch him like manipulate all these people. Like, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe it's not. I was like, talking more about like a, like you're emotionally involved emotionally and connected invest. to the character. I, f- I feel like I don't need it, like every character I connect with to be a goody goody. Okay. But right. like I can't think of a as person- long as they're real. Yeah. Okay. Oh. I dig. I dig. <laughs> so Dominic, 
Oh boy. What's, what's your take on this? You've seen you've seen the most movies out of all of us. So over the course of watching movies, I've I've sort of realized um I, I heard about this phenomenon called pure cinema, and it's the idea that some movies, if they're inventive enough, they can't be reproduced in another medium. So like you might think that a typical movie script could easily be turned into a play, right? Mm. But like a movie could have like certain visual elements or stylistic techniques or they could channel like the tightness, like tight angles, close up stuff like that. And there's just like effects and stuff that you couldn't possibly reproduce on like mm. a stage play or in a song or in a TV show even. What about book? Or a book. Have you have you ever watched any movies by Paul Greenway? Greenaway? I have not. What has he directed? Uh, he we watched this one movie called Prospero's Books, and like it's basically a retelling of The Tempest, but it's like one of the most weirdest things I've ever watched. <laughs> like they would have like, is it like surrealist? I don't know surrealist, but like I feel like avant garde. Okay. I don't. It's like like they would have a scene right, mm-hmm. and instead of like cutting to a close up, they superimpose the close up on top of the the scene. Oh, I love so, that. Yeah. So you see like the the wide shot and then you see the close up on top of it. So like the wide shot is like wide or the close up is like widescreen yeah. while the wide shot is like 4 by 3 so uh, you can see both. Wow, that's wacky. Yeah. <laughs> Who's this? Paul Paul Greenaway. Okay. I'll look him up after. Yeah. So I, I that's what I was thinking cuz like you can't do that in any other medium. Yeah, and like the more I think about it, like I, I didn't realize this when I first heard about it, but the more I've thought about it, I realize a lot of the movies I really like are like quote quote pure cinema in that sense. Mm-hmm. I mean like especially stuff by Hitchcock and mm-hmm. Brian De Palma who are probably my two favorite directors. Like I just think they're so inventive in the way that they use the camera. Can you give an example from like Hitchcock and Oh, so like the 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 scene from Psycho where the killer kills Marion Crane in the shower. That's like probably one of the best scenes I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The editing in that sequence is just it's insane. I think it's like 78 shots or something like that. Oh, there is a just a I heard about that. I've been meaning to see that actually. (laughs) So so you think that if that scene was like put on a theatrical play, it you couldn't happen. possibly do it in a play, really? is, what, is what I mean. I mean, like, or you could like attempt to, but it wouldn't. So, be like, have you seen Psycho? Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so I've like, seen the scene. Wow, I'm so ashamed. Contemporary. So, like, in the scene, it's very, it's very tight. It's very close up on her. Mm-hmm. And as the curtain is being pulled back and the slasher starts stabbing her, it cuts to like, it, it, it's hard to explain because it's so like intense and visual, mm-hmm. but like it shows the knife scraping against her. It shows her collapsing on the ground. Mm-hmm. It shows the blood running from her like still hands into the, <laughs> into water. the water. The best cut from it is like, uh, it fades in. It, it, oh, like, it, oh, it, it closes. Like- yeah. Yeah. It closes in on her face. It closes in on her eye. And then it starts like turning a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and yeah. then it cuts to the drain. Yeah. Or I think it's the other way around. It zooms in on the drain where the blood is like pooling down the drain, mm-hmm. spiraling. And then the, the momentum is like carried to a close up shot of her eye and it's like spinning a little bit. Yeah. Like you can't possibly do that That's, I on feel a play. You. And like I just, I just, it's not something that is necessary 
for a film, but like it, the more I think about it, the more I notice moments like that that I think really sell a movie to so me. So like like in Schindler's List at the beginning where they have the candle right in the beginning mm-hmm. and it's like slowly turning to black and white and then it turns into the smokestack on the train. Do you mean something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, or like um, I or guess even, the classic even... one is two thousand one. Oh, the, the match the... cut with the yeah. oh, yeah, the when, when the when the ape like throws up a bone. And then, like, it starts spiraling in the sky, and then it cuts to, like, a space station orbiting Earth. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Actually, I actually heard that that space station is intended to be, like, a super weapon, mm-hmm. like an orbital super weapon or something like that. So, kind of, like, it shows, like, it's a weapon that sort of evolved from, like, a simple club to, like, huh. this massive That's space laser. So, you're sa- so basically, uh, like, the core of what you're saying is that what you like is... Th- something that can't be replicated in other mediums yeah but like because not just in the sense that like oh no other medium can do it you know but just like i think it's inventive and i appreciate it for like being so artistic Mm -hmm. and like really pushing the medium it uses what's unique to cinema exact purpose what about comparing television to cinema i mean i think the problem with television i think it's almost too much time Mm. like in TV, you're supposed to, like, get really comfortable with the characters or, like, it's supposed to foster, like, an intense emotional relationship over a really long period of time between you and the main characters. Mm-hmm. But, like, in a film, I love that it's short-lived and we only get so much of it. Like, we only get, like, a certain window of time in this world. And it, it almost makes it, like, more precious to me. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think it, it allows so much more opportunity to convey meaning since everything's so dense. I mean, like, a typical episode of a tv show doesn't really stand on its own unless you're watching in the context of the others so like, i think there's just far less opportunity to like do something specific that's really powerful that's why i like tv miniseries better than an actual tv show me too honestly so so what you're saying is like a movie is kind of like a marathon and a tv show is like a let's i'm not talking about just like the the length of the episodes all put together i just mean mm-hmm. like when you watch a TV show, you you watch it over usually multiple days or even like multiple years if you're watching it as it airs, mm-hmm. you know. And it's sort of you sort of build a, a strong like conference with the main characters, even if there's somebody you hate, like Kevin Spacey in House of Cards. You develop like an emotional attachment or like a relationship. Maybe you watch it because you're so disgusted or because you really feel for them, you know, whatever. But like the point is that. I just think TV is too long and not that it's a bad thing. It's just that I appreciate film more because it's so dense. Like the the art, the artistic like techniques and stuff are just so dense in a movie compared to a TV show. What? So dense in such a brief amount of time. Yeah. I love it. It's just like, it's just like a burst of like, yeah, I feel like like if somebody or if a filmmaker is making a movie and he's showing it, this is like, this is like the best two hours exactly. of my efforts for you. Exactly. Except it's way more yeah, than two hours. It's more than two hours, <laughs> but like this is basically the highlight of my work for yeah, this project. This is the most powerful yeah. way I can tell this story in two hours. Which would which a TV show could take like three or four years to do. And like I, I think some tar- TV shows are like very artistic, like Twin Peaks, Mr. Robot, Mr. Robot. Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. I haven't seen Breaking Bad. Batman, stuff like that. But like, it's just in a different way, and that's why I appreciate cinema. So, so one of the things that I was thinking about was like gravity mm-hmm. in 2013. 
Like everybody was like, you need to watch this in 3D and IMAX or something like that. Is that something else? Is that like what you would put under the pure cinema kind of thing? Or is Um, it more like the actual manipulation of filmmaking techniques? I mean, keep in mind, it's not just like one thing about it is like pure cinema and that makes it automatically great. Like I think Gravity was beautifully shot. Mm -hmm. I didn't see it in a theater or anything. Oh, okay. But like... I thought the writing was bad. I thought yeah. the acting was mediocre. I thought the story was abs- was really ridiculous. <laughs> you know, it's not just yeah. like it had great visuals. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just something, it like really cements it as being great if the other elements like so have like, a have a f- structure that supports it. So it's an experience that can stand on its own outside the grandness of a huge theater screen. Yeah, that too. Okay. So, because I'm, I'm trying to like think of a, like, I'm trying to think of like a contemporary movie that does this. <laughs> have you guys seen It Follows? Yeah. I have not. I really want to. So there's this really interesting thing they do where the no, monster has a form that you don't know. No, because no, no, f- no, no spoilers. I, it's not a spoiler. It's okay, just that. Okay. So the, there's a monster and he keeps taking on different forms. Usually they're human. But like what happens is throughout the entire film, as we follow the protagonist, the camera sort of alternates at certain points between being next to the actors and sort of just slowly zooming along the horizon, Mm -hmm. like scanning for somebody that might be the creature. And then it also swaps into like looking at the actors from far away, like through Mm -hmm. windows or doorways, like from a different room even. So it sort of like alternates between showing the predator's view and the prey's view. And I just think that's a really interesting technique to like convey like the the terror of the situation yeah. like you can't do that on a play yeah you know? that's true or even or a, a book you? even like you could describe it in a book but like actually showing it happen is just so intense <laughs> <laughs> i like that that's that's actually something to think about like because like i mean with birdman right yeah do you think birdman is yeah i, I really like the i mean i it, it seemed like it was a little gimmicky just because the way they were selling it mm-hmm. but like i did think it was interesting that it was all like put together One in shot, such yeah. a non-stop format you mm-hmm. know like it, there's no like pause or anything it just sort of like zips along like one shot mm-hmm. okay i like that yeah mm-hmm. that's cool why about you joseph like <laughs> me I, yeah so uh before i was into film i was into literature okay like really into literature and so dom was talking about the whole pure cinema thing um there isn't really a pure literature thing (laughs) but literature is definitely unique in its own way and it's lasted for thousands of years so there's been thousands of years of advancements so i think that the developments and how you write a story has gone a long way the thing i look for the most in movies once i once i got into movies was the story itself obviously i love a movie so much more when all the elements of the movie come together with a purpose so the pure cinema aspect but the thing i probably look for the most is definitely story I think, and uh, yeah, I think how that's... unique it is and how it tells it in a unique way mm-hmm. I think that's something that we should make note is that like it's not like we're saying we don't care about other aspects yeah, yeah. of the film. It's I just think that, we like, just mean like those are the things that we really, really yeah. like to see. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if there wasn't, you had to make a choice, you would make yeah, that choice. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, like, so hard to write like a story and a screenplay. Like, 
trans like God yeah. bless everybody who can translate adapt the story to a screenplay. That's right? very weird. So when you say good writing, do you mean like a good overall like plot or story, or do you just mean so? Like- yeah. So th- there's a huge difference between plot and story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> plot is like plot is like the general. major plot points. Exactly. Like the narrative. Like what's happening. I guess the story is like yeah. the actual narrative. No. So, oh, okay, Joseph. You <laughs> yeah, go. Joseph. So, plot is like what's happening, like how Christian said. Story is more of how it happens and why it happens. Yes, and how it comes together at the end. So, so like the example I like to bring up is Memento. Plot would be the guy trying to find his wife's killer, right? Yes. But the story is the reverse chronology of it. Yeah, I, I'd say like in a very very big picture that for memento that would be it Mm -hmm. but like for a more simpler like three act story um the story would be like the character arc and why certain obstacles are there and how the character deals with those obstacles and how the camera shows Mm -hmm. how he deals with those obstacles okay is more so story and people get really creative with it and i love it a lot so, like, how do you feel that something is written well? Or, like, is it just, like, seeing a character have a good arc like that? Or is it, like, also, like, different structures of films? Well, normally, once I finish the movie, I, I just know. Like, if I was engaged the entire time, like, you right. know, it was good in some way. And for me, since I like story the most, it would most likely be because of the story. But, like, on a more in-depth look... Sorry, repeat your question. Well, I just mean like, is it, is it just about like a good story, or is it also like the way it's structured, like Pulp Fiction? Oh yeah, yeah. Like structures, different huge. chronology. Yeah, and you know, also just like general situations about like the world, like yeah, yeah, like in yeah. Blade Runner, just like the way that it's the background and the history of the world, like stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah, so like world building. So that all comes into play. Yeah, yeah. That's all. I think that's all part of story. Okay. storytelling so shakespeare is like one of the greatest like storytellers of our time right how do you discern between like original stories like i don't know but like like original and inspired? and like adapted yeah how does that how does that work for you what do you, do you mean prefer things are original well obviously not because i love kurosawa and he adapted <laughs> shakespeare like, yeah. several times but like shakespeare's just been adapted so many times um, yeah like the martian was a book that was adapted arrival used to be a short story stuff like that how do you discern a good adaption versus a good story or a good plot so I guess? a good adaption doesn't necessarily have to be like the same thing but in the right. visual format mm-hmm. it should take liberties and making changes and making it unique while at the same time spreading awareness about this other story that someone else might not have heard about because in all honesty uh, literature is like not the king anymore <laughs> in our time like most people just see movies yeah. or tv shows yeah and like can you name a huge artistic contemporary author right now 50 sheets of gray yeah yeah see that's why (laughs) so i think jk rowling yeah but she's a young adult 
a young adult author. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about someone. And then even then, like I feel like the movies popularized Harry Potter True. more than the well, novels. No, 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 no. The books were huge before the movies. The reason the movies but were like, made was because it was so popular. Yeah, yeah. I remember in elementary school when I see. I remember that, but like I feel like the movies like helped that a lot. Uh, yeah, it helped, d- helps. Yeah. I guess Harry Potter wouldn't get as big as it was if it wasn't a movie franchise. But I still think it would have been like ginormous or gigantic even without the movies really yeah, yeah. i agree because mm-hmm. like i mean like if you look there's like even a website called pottermore which is like oh yeah, role yeah. playing <laughs> harry potter like you don't need a movie for that that's true so it's just like different venues for like the harry potter universe to interact for fans to interact with that's true so i just want to go back to a point uh joseph said so the thing that you think of the most uh that you look for the most in a movie is the this the story so when there isn't a story up to to par with up to your standards do you like come out of that story and and that's why you don't like it as much oh not at all um so like if the story isn't that unique and i get i don't like it that much is that what you're asking like does that happen to me no, it's like, is the reason why maybe a story, you, you feel like a story isn't that good is that you're not really engaged in it. You, you're, you're like kicked out of that environment. You know what I mean? Oh, I definitely think that has a huge part to play in it. But like, if the story isn't immersive enough for me, there's something else that could probably immerse me in it. So I'm going to use this example. I know a lot of people in this room don't like this movie but uh dunkirk had a pretty like the story was pretty meh but i think the score and the visuals and the monotonous acting really really immersed me and i mean yeah i like the score and the visuals i just didn't think I, it was like, used right oh i i thought they were used brilliantly because they worked really well on me what do you think what do you think are the greatest stories then that you've seen on the cinema um, well, I, I'll, <laughs> the one I'll say first, because it's like kind of both recent and classic, is Lord of the Rings. Okay. And it also goes back to the adaptations. Yeah. That, that's probably like my favorite movie ever. Which one? There's three. It, the trilogy. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's my favorite movie ever. Oh, have you read the books, first of all? Oh, yeah. I read the books first in middle school. Didn't understand it at all. <laughs> then I watched the movies and like I, I melted <laughs> and then I went back into high school and read the books and I melted again. <laughs> yeah, the those stories really changed my life. I would not be the same person sitting here right now if I did not <laughs> watch those movies. That's how much those movies had an Dang. impact on me. Uh, what would you say would, would be the effect? So the effect it had on me? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've been waiting to talk about this for so long. <laughs> so... You got uh, each character in the movie or in the story represents a different personality. Like, obviously, Mm. there's more to them as individuals, but they each have something special. So, like, Aragorn and his courage, uh, Gandalf and his wisdom, Samwise, Gamgee, and his friendship. And these are all, like, very admirable qualities, and each and every one of them struggles with it like each and every one of them are looked up to to perfect those qualities but at the end of the day they struggle with them and frodo is the defining character of that struggle and when i watched it as a kid i just wanted to be each and every one of these characters (laughs) i wanted to have all those qualities i want to have the courage the wit of that fat dwarf 
You're sounding uh, like Jim Lee. Right now. Gimli, yeah. <laughs> I always forget his name. I wanted the elegance of Legolas, the pure friendship of Samwise, and like all of that, and the emotion and connection between the characters, and this slowly escalating battle against pure evil, alongside like these sweeping, gorgeous landscape visuals, <laughs> was just gorgeous to me. And the adventure of it all. I, I was like more that. of a Chronicles of Narnia kid myself. Oh but man, the, those but those movies books. sucked. I love the books. I love. <laughs> I the love books. the books. You know, I read you all know another them. movie that sucked, but the books are great. Percy Jackson. Yes. yes. Oh yes. man, if I've ever become a director, Percy Jackson is going to be my claim to fame. <laughs> like I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull a Nolan where I make some indie Dark movie, Knight. and then I'm gonna put my my treatment on <laughs> Percy Jackson. Sell yourself Jackson. to the franchise yeah. world. They're gonna call me the father of Olympus or something. I don't <laughs> anyway. Uh, Another thing I want to say, the movies are very, very different from the book, Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. The book, the movies are more gruesome, violent, not that much because they have PG-13 ratings, but definitely way more than Tolkien would have wanted. More than the books? Yeah. The books like never go into detail about battles. Oh, really? Like they mention them in passing, but for the most part, the books are about just this journey Wow, and that's amazing! Cause that's like, cool. the ba- yeah, the battles are really good in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, no, like, I I'm love surprised the they weren't like written in the books. Well, like you'll see a lot of people complain. The book, the movies aren't like the book. <laughs> I think that comes with any adaptation. <laughs> but like, <laughs> the movies I love very much, and then the books I also love because they're a bit different. Mm-hmm. And I guess the best example of how different the books are is the highlight for me in the movies was when in the Two Towers towards the end when they're in that ruined city i forget the name of it and frodo and sam are trying to get away from the witch king on his dragon i guess Mm -hmm. i don't don't really know the mythicism but like it's such an epic visual battle that you do not get in the book at all and then my favorite part in the book would be when legolas and gimli are looking on this like ruined castle in a mountain kind of Mm -hmm. and they're talking about how it's just lost in history forever because they've never heard of it before and their dialogue is just pure poetry and this is just a huge building on that they come across in this long journey that no one has really known about and when they leave it'll still be there but not many people will know of it and it was just so beautifully written and you don't get that in the movie at all and so it's just the dual the duality between the two mediums is astounding so do you think it helps if uh, a book is written really well for a movie to be to seem well written? No, because um, well, yeah, I guess it does help, but like you can't translate the poetry of Tolkien's writing style mm-hmm. to the screen. Like Jackson, Peter Jackson had his own visual poetry that he brought to the table, and an example of like a weak story being adapted to the screen that ended up being really well, I would say, would be The Shining. Right. Because I, I read the book, too, for that, and it was lame. <laughs> yeah, like, I, for, I read the books for Game of Thrones, and it, it, it wasn't nearly as good because it, like, he kind of drags it over and over again and, and yeah. says so many details that I mean, doesn't really the, matter. Even the show kind of drags things <laughs> over, too. I, I like the, the thing show. With, more yeah, more. I, I know. What you, I've, I've read the books and the show for that. But, yeah, the, the show is definitely briefer, but... I think it does a good job of um, breaking up the dialogue and the action right. in a pretty manageable way to watch. So, Star, 
Okay. Let's what do you it. like to see in movies? So I think I can go back because I wasn't born here. So mm-hmm. I have a different culture. But after I came here, uh, I guess those two cultures like connected to each other that I, I'm, I'm really interested in movies that uh, are very bizarre, very unique. And also I really like movies that, that, that have, because I'm, I'm a filmmaker, I really emphasize that story is keen. It, mm-hmm. Because on uh, Sunfest, um, I think about 10 years ago, there was this short film that was shot terribly. But <laughs> it was, they shot uh, on like a maybe a cell phone or something. I don't know exactly <laughs> what it was. It, it wasn't. It wasn't the the movie. It wasn't the, uh, the orange movie. The tan, tan, tangerine. It wasn't tangerine. Tangerine's amazing, by the way. <laughs> but um, I don't know how he did that. It's amazing. I used to watch a lot of Chinese TV shows, and I, I like. I really like the romance aspect of it. And so, like, they usually have like an empire. The king has different sons. And then the sons have like drama between who marries who, and then maybe another empire strikes and they like fight each other. And in China, there's uh, four very prevalent stories. Uh, I I didn't really get into the other three, but mm-hmm. the other three wasn't as popular. The most popular one is called Journey to the West. But mm-hmm. basically, Journey to the West is a story where you have a, a monkey. He exploded a rock, already bizarre from the start, and that he's very kiddish. He he does whatever he wants. So like Buddha decided, like put a huge rock over him, and so he couldn't move. But a monk needed to go to somewhere from the east to the west. That's the, hence the name Journey to the West, and he needed help from the monkey. So like that's why like part of that is very bizarre. Okay. Right? So like I really enjoy that. Um but for me I I prefer TV shows a lot more than um movies because I I feel like as I grow up as the TV show progresses I kind of develop as a person. Like, I mean I know you loved being John Malkovich and Eternal <laughs> Sunshine and Spotless Mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I'm right there with you with I love bizarre stuff. So very like much. So is it those bizarre aspects that made those movies mem- like made them like for you, or is it because of the story as well? Like, which one do you think was more important? Because you said you did like well, the story I, more too, right? Isn't like the bizarreness in the story for the most part? I mean, like, like with Eternal Spotlight. I mean, it's about a guy trying to forget. Like, at the crux of the story is a guy trying to forget his girlfriend or his ex, like forget the feelings of his ex, right? Yeah. Well, I think Star. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Star liked it because of the the way like they entered the dream world yeah. and like the way that story like played out so in the surreal it, yeah. landscape. So is it like the bizarreness of how like how they did it? The mm-hmm. bizarre do you like that more or do you like the story of the fact that some like the guy trying to forget is Like do you prefer concept or like the way the concept is portrayed? Um the, the, is dream world the concept where the concept is the basic idea of the story so like, like the technology being used to, to forget, forget about the girl the girl do you like that part of it or is it a little or, both or just the fact that he's trying to forget his girl uh i like the first part below okay yeah so you like interesting ideas mm-hmm. so like there was a, a short film it was like two plus two equals five <laughs> I, I really like that one 
But the point of the story is that the teacher says that two plus two equals five, and I'll say over and over again, and teaches the teach、uh, the kids to say it. The idea is that、um, there's students who agrees with it, there's students who disagree and speaks out about it, and there's other students who disagree and do not speak out about it. And the idea is that it reflects、uh, conformity, dictator. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so the、so、sort of like 1984, like they're telling you how to think. Yeah, yeah, yeah.、Have、oh yeah. Ever, have you ever watched that movie, 1984? No. Or read the book? I tried to, but I got bored. Oh really? I feel like you would like that kind of dystopia feeling, but um. Oh, Joseph just pulled up yeah, an article. I, I just pulled up an article on two plus two equals five, and in the first paragraph, it talks about the inspiration from 1984. <laughs> That's so That's weird.、Awesome. Well, maybe we should show Star 1984 soon.、Though. Yeah. Or even like Brave New World. <laughs> Are there a movie based on that? There's a movie for 1984. Yeah, but, like, there, but you have to watch. You have to read the book. But, but I heard they weren't good. I asked Dom a few times. I no, I really like the one、uh, from 1984. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually really interesting because, like, in the original book, right? Like, it starts off with him like dating an entry is like May 5th, 1984,、yeah. and then like the actual movie filmed the scene, the first scene on that day. Oh really? Oh, that's so. It's like that's really cool. He's like, it's May 5th, 1984, and it literally is. <laughs> that's pretty <laughs> cool. It's and they shot it over the same period. It's, I don't know. It's just like really interesting to me, you know. So <laughs> I, have, I have a copy of the book if you want it. Do you think? Do you think you would like 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 those older movies that tried to envision like like Back to the Future or something like that? I I like, saw Back to the Future. Um, th- I, I like it, but like it's not it's not ingrained in my head at、oh. all because maybe the it's not bizarre enough. It's not bizarre enough. <laughs> Jeez, it's like in, it's like in, well, also Back to the Future is like one of those sci-fi's that doesn't have sci-fi implications. Yeah, like all the、true. other ones that Star is mentioning has those implications. Mm. Mm. So, like, would Metropolis? Yes, he、yeah. liked Metropolis. I mean, well, only I don't maybe just because it's really older. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think of like movies that. Cause like there are bizarre movies, but like you still have like a cohesive story. Do you、right. think like if there was, it was just like freaking crazy stuff? <laughs> well, like, I think I think Star likes、uh, like Charlie Kaufman sort of style.、Mm, okay, you know, like being John Malkovich, Eternal Sunshine. Do you think da- he would like David Lynch stuff? I don't know about that. Because <laughs> that is bizarre. I feel like David Lynch is a little too dark、oh, and like、okay. extreme. But yeah, that's cool. I'll try to show you Star. I'll try to show you some more like. Light surrealist movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember I、uh, I showed some of、uh, Dominic some of like the manga I, I watched. So, and, <laughs> and they're all like very very bizarre and like a lot of killings. What's an、Dude. example? Ro- Royal ba- ba- Battle, Battle Royale. Battle Royale. Oh, like. So you would like Hunger Games? No, the, Hunger I, Games I, is so different. Hunger no, Hunger Games is so、lame. inspired from Battle Royale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's so well, yeah, like, okay, saturated, yeah. so like diluted. That's true. <laughs> okay. I mean, I could show you some anime movies if you want. <laughs> I, I know. Spirited away. No, not like I don't think that's like bizarre though. Like it's pretty bizarre. bizarre. It's really bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> so Star, I think um, like you told me you grew up. Basically, watching YouTube videos, right? Yeah. So I feel like a lot of YouTube videos, like the more creative, like funny ones, they usually like have an interesting concept, sort of in the same vein of like light surrealism. You know, like uh, like H three H three put on like a hundred beanies on his head, <laughs> and then he did another one where he did like what, like a hundred shirts. Yeah. And he tried to like walk around with.、Them. I I think the reason why I enjoy those is that 
like I can actually understand the humor、mm-hmm. because it's physical, right? I can right. view, I can view it. So and so, like in a lot of movies, they make references to other things, and I just don't understand it. I just don't know. So no, wait, I don't really care. Do Do you like、uh, Jackie Chan fight scenes? Because he's pretty comedic with his fight scenes, and they're all physical as well. Wait, but that's interesting because. Charlie Chaplin is oh true. We gotta show Charlie Chaplin Keaton. But like, true, true, I true. thought you didn't like. Didn't you watch a Chaplin and you didn't like it? I don't think so. Maybe I think I said that I tried to a long time ago and didn't like it and never went back to it. Okay. And also, I watch a lot more TV shows than movies, <laughs> so I can't really say much about it.、Yeah. Oh, so what?、Okay. What like、uh, TV shows do you like that you have interesting ideas? Uh, the leftover has a very interesting idea. It's basically a, a story where two percent of the whole world's population is gone. Is that the HBO show? It's the HBO show. Okay. Yeah, they like mysteriously all vanish one day at the same time. Two percent of the world population. <laughs> There's two percent left. No, no, no. Two percent vanish. Oh, that's not okay. And, and they it's, show it's really strange. <laughs> I think it's a really interesting concept. And and they show how people dealt with the suffering. And so there was a group that、uh, that formed a cult, and what they did it was like they didn't talk, and that's th- their way of saying, "Hey, they're not gonna come back. It's、uh, it's it, it is what it is."、Uh, and like it, they kind of remind other people not to like worry about it, because everybody thinks it's like supernatural. Like the rapture happened, and God chose like a s- certain people to, to ascend to heaven. Very interesting. I need、that's、to check not, it yeah, out. It does sound well. I know in Revelations, what they did is they just kept on cutting people down until Re- there was like 144k left. Revelations、oh, really? is insane. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess this is like the opposite, where they take the 144k out instead of. <laughs> I, I, that sounds cool to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Revelations is insane. <laughs> oh my gosh! You guys like like you can about... read Revelations on your own. Yeah. Like even even just even outside a of a religious con. Uh, it's a crazy、context. story. <laughs> I like thinking that like Star and Dom have like very similar values in movies, with <laughs> the actual artistic flavor. And then Joseph and I, well, I'm, like, I'm all into the artistic.、Creativity. Well, yeah, we're we're all into it, but like, <laughs> like way, well, how like what、so. we put out here. Shout out to Maddie. She asked me. What our podcast was, so shout out to you. You're an awesome <laughs> crew member. Honestly, we love you, Maddie. We love you, Maddie.、Um, I guess I until next week, guys. Just kidding. This was a fun conversation. Thank you for joining us on our when we talked about what we value in movies, and hope you join us next week. See you. Bye.